Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Countdown to Infinity. I am one of your countdownsmen's, James, and I'm joined by the other countdownsmen's, Matt. Matthew. What up, Matt? How's it going? It's good. I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I played video games all day. Feeling good. Can't complain. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, We are here to talk to you about a sequel, the first sequel, uh, which kind of happened very quickly. And we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, Iron Man 2 uh, came out in 2010, specifically April, no, May 7th, 2010. So it came out almost two years after the original. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a little over two hours, which I will say right off the bat, didn't feel like it. No. So it, interestingly, I remember this movie being a lot longer than that. Yeah. Um, I went into this. It's like, all right, time to set myself up for two hours and 20 minutes of Iron Man. And then I saw what the actual time of it was. and was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. have an evening like, after all. <laughs> it's It's two hours and five. It's 125, but it doesn't feel like it. It moves along at a very brisk pace, which surprised me because, yeah, I remember it being kind of draggy. Like, I remember it being kind of like, ugh, get to the point already. But it gets to the point really quickly. Well, okay, so I have thoughts on that. But if okay. there's anything else you want to say well, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, before we We'll keep on. going here. Uh, we'll get over the, the initial little factoids. Uh, directed by uh, John Favreau, again. Uh, back from the original, he's also here playing the same role as uh, Happy, Happy, which is pretty sweet. Uh, we've got Gwyneth Paltrow back. We've got Don Cheadle now instead of two. Howard. Thank you. Uh, we've got Scarlett Johansson coming in. Kind of like I kind of I didn't forget, but it's I'm finding I'm having a lot of oh yeah moments with mm-hmm. these movies so far, where I'm like I knew that at some point. Black Widow need to ha, would have had to have been introduced into this movie franchise. I just didn't quite remember exactly where it was, but of course it was Iron Man Two. Yep. Uh, we've got Sam Rockwell. We've got Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And we got Samuel L. Jackson is back. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this movie a lot. But uh, where do where do you want to start us off on this week? Well, I I liked it. Let's 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 give a quick rundown. Uh, let's give a quick rundown of what 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 happened. Okay, give us the plot. What, sure. What's going on? So Iron Man two picks up. Uh, essentially, this is a movie about legacy. So and everyone's legacy. Tony's legacy. Howard's legacy. Uh, the, just legacy everywhere. They they put a pretty fine point on it because they talk about it in the movie. But uh, basically, it turns out that. Uh, Tony Stark is dying. He's oh, got no. palladium poisoning from the the palladium core in his arc reactor that's embedded in his chest. And uh, and so that's causing him to behave a little erratically. At the same time, um, it also turns out that Howard Stark may have not been the sole person who was responsible for the invention of the arc reactor and may have kind of shafted his co-inventor and uh, his co-inventor's son, uh, oh, what's his name? Vanko. Anton. Well, and Anton Ivan. Vanko and Ivan, Ivan. Vanko. That's yep. right. Uh, and his son, Ivan, 
basically decides that he's going to mess up Tony's day to take revenge for his father having died poor and destitute and unrecognized for his involvement in the creation of the arc reactor. So these two stories are going on. Um, Along the way, uh, Nick Fury sneaks Black Widow into the Stark organization. Tony uh, appoints Pepper Potts, CEO of Stark uh, Stark Industries, and uh, Ivan totally hex with a uh, an indie race in Monte Carlo. And then it turns out that that Howard Stark had invented a new element and embedded the atomic map for how to create this element in the original Stark Expo layout, and then left that to his son, hoping that one day Tony would a need a new element, B, have the technology available to synthesize that element, and uh, and C, would look at the map of the, like, 1950-odd Stark Expo and then put two and two together and realize through a series of clues that that was the recipe for this element. Which, of course, he does, and uh, it turns out that this element is a suitable replacement for the palladium in his suit, uh, and he, he fixes his arc reactor. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell hires Ivan after he messes up the indie race to build him a whole bunch of new suits so that he can debut them at the new Stark Expo, uh, to basically give the U.S. government control of a set of, like, Iron Man-like suits. In so doing, he creates War Machine, uh, when Rhodey takes off with the Mark II Iron Man suit and has uh, Hammer Industries kitted out with a whole bunch of gear. Uh, things, of course, go wrong as all of the drones that Vanko has created for Hammer, uh, he takes them over and starts blowing stuff up at the Stark Expo, and then War Machine and Iron Man team up to take them all down, and that's your big Act 3 set piece. Um, yeah, so that's Iron Man 2. Yeah, that's just that. That's, that's about it. I think you figured. I think you nailed that. Yeah, you jumped. Ar- you jumped around a little bit, but well, I, I think little. you got that right. But that's mostly what's going on there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, you you mentioned, and this is something that I'm curious about because um, you mentioned like 1950s ish Howard Stark. I the timelines there kind of are a little odd because, right? Like Howard theoretically. Well, not theoretically. We know Howard Stark was a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. during the war. Yes. So we assume that is the mid early to mid-1940s. Yes. And we assume that when he did it, and we know, we have proof of this, you know, with Peggy Carter and Captain America, we assume he was probably in his, like, 20s. I think we have to assume that. Mm, maybe early 30s, but... Yeah, I get. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that he's if not we're in his talking? Teens. <laughs> no, he's certainly not in his teens. But if we're talking about him doing, like, I, I'm really curious when the Stark Expo was when he was recording that bit because Tony was in the background. Yes, and Tony as, was like, not in, and not as an infant, no, as like, like probably seven or eight years old. At least, yeah, seven or eight years old. Which means if that was in the fifties, would put Tony Stark way older than he actually should be, right? Yeah. So do we assume that that original 
Stark Expo was sometime in like the 70s, I guess. Mm. So but, here's where we introduce what's known as the Marvel sliding time scale. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Where right? Certain things happen at fixed points in time. Magneto was interred in a concentration camp in the Second World War. He yeah. will have been interred at a concentration cap- camp during the Second World War when they're writing Magneto comics in the year 2200. Um, right. And, and like, similarly, I feel like the the S.H.I.E.L.D. was founded during the Second World War, which I guess was, like, 25 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, a, it's a little weird. Yeah, so that that is a thing that's going to happen. This came to light more obviously with Spider-Man having come out just recently, where it was like, this movie takes place five years after Avengers, or whatever it was, except that it can't have taken place that many years after or eight years after avengers because like yeah that's what it was it was like eight years after avengers but avengers happened in 2012 and it was 2017 when this movie came out which means that the movie is set in 2020 but it's not actually it's set today yeah so that means that the avengers actually happened in 2009 but no that that doesn't make sense yeah yeah, Sliding it's one of those things. Scale. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because it is something that I think a lot of people talk about and kind of puzzle themselves on. And maybe, yeah, just don't worry about it. Just this is one of your suspend your disbelief kind of moments. Like, just, well, just let it happen. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. For All sure. right, so we know what happened. We know that there's some weird timey-wimey stuff going on. Did you like the movie? I liked it. But I, I just liked it. So... Okay. Upon rewatching this one, I felt that it was actually less good than I remembered it being. Oh wow! Interesting. Um, it's still good. Like it's fun. I, I my again, my worst Marvel movie is maybe a six out of ten. Right? Like right. they're all yep. good. Yep. Um, but as evidenced by my description of the film, I feel like this film is kind of scattered and kind of loosely put together. Um. It's not super cohesive. There's a lot of coincidences that require you to suspend your disbelief in order for them to, like, pass. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the movie is just sort of held. Like, this one just requires a lot. The first one, it's like, oh, okay, he's a super genius and he can make a suit. I'll buy that. This one, there's just a lot more, like, mm, you're stretching the limits of my willingness to go along with this right now. Um, but a lot of the individual moments are really good. So while I'm not crazy about the movie as a whole, um, I, th- I think there's like, lo- there's lots and lots and lots to like in this movie. There, there, there are some legitimately fantastic scenes in this movie. Um, he, uh, the, the, the first one that I really, uh, remembered when it, when it came up was him, uh, talking to, uh, was he talking to Congress? Was that no? He wasn't talking to Congress, but well, sort well, of, like kind a of, Senate right? hearing or whatever. Yeah, it was a Senate hearing, hearing or, yeah, whatever it was. The technical term that is just a fantastic scene. Yes, in my that opinion. whole scene is great. Everything about that scene flows unbelievably well. It's incredibly tight. It just it starts and it's over, and you kind of just wish there was more. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that scene. Um, what like so? I'm I'm curious. What are some of the things that that you felt you had to suspend your disbelief over 
more so with this movie than maybe certainly more with the, than the previous two movies we've watched. Um, well, the whole the whole elemental creation subplot basically doesn't work very well for me. Okay. Like, okay, so Howard Stark comes up with an undiscovered element that he doesn't have the technology to, to produce. Okay. Yeah. Um, he makes... The only place he records this element is in the architectural structure of an expo that he's putting on for a year when Tony is 10 years old. Sure. The only place he even obliquely references this is in a film strip that he apparently had archived that Tony didn't even know about, where he happens to say, oh, by the way, I'm doing this all for you, and, like, I actually love you, son. Um, But apparently... Tony never receives this until it's just exactly the right time for that to occur. And then Tony manages to look at, like, the inscription on the model of the World's Fair, which, thank goodness, they still have that lying around the office that happens (laughs) to say the key to the future on it. And then is like, oh, maybe there's a riddle here. And then takes it home and manipulates it, and then creates a particle accelerator in his basement. It that I mean, so okay, the particle I'm accelerator gonna... in his basement is maybe the least ridiculous element of that. Yes, I, I and that I kind of that's what I kind of love about that entire sequence is that everything else is just so unbelievably far fetched, and like, yeah, it is a series of unbelievable coincidences uh, that led him to figuring out exactly what it is. Uh, but then to just take what he knows, build an arc reactor, throw in that, that really stupid, in my opinion, uh, maybe not stupid, but very silly nod to Captain America oh, yeah. by using his shield well, to level off. some version of his shield. Yeah, some version, early prototype version of the shield to level off. The, uh, it, it was fantastic. I loved it. It was oh, just yeah. complete, uh, just... Uh, absurd it was great well that's the thing like each individual scene is actually pretty good on its own it's only when you step back and consider the whole thing in context that it feels like beyond ridiculous and i think if the movie didn't feel as scattered to me as it does where like things happen in weird orders and like that whole subplot doesn't even really kick off until halfway through the movie um and just like there's like some weird construction things going on with this movie and it's trying to do so much all at the same time that the movie just sort of doesn't hold together very well for me. Yeah, that's fair. What I kind of liked, um, I liked what they did with, with the bad guys in this movie. Yep. Um, I have a one, I have one big sticking point about the bad guys and I'll get that to it. Sure. Get, get to that in a second. Um, but I like the idea that whiplash goes after Tony uh at the racetrack um and isn't there to like because i feel like he was in a position where he probably he was in a good position to actually just straight up kill tony there Mm -hmm. um and instead he you know he goes through the whole thing about you know you make a god bleed and people stop you know maybe believing in in that god and i love that i think that was fantastic and i like the fact that sam rock sam rockwell's character um what the hell what's his name in this movie? Uh, Hammer. I keep wanting to call him Arnie Hammer, but no, that's like a famous actor. Um, uh, 
it's uh where is it justin hammer justin, justin hammer. hammer that's right yeah i i like that he isn't off to like he's not looking to to destroy stark he's not looking to kill him he's looking to just sort of end him yeah like embarrass um, him publicly yeah embarrass him publicly him no longer a big thing yeah which i think is fantastic um like they both have goals that are well aligned yeah which i thought was kind of cool and i am a huge sam rockwell fan so i love this I love Sam Rockwell. Oh, and he's uh, he's great. He's great at He this. is great, yeah. And so here's my big sticking point, though. Um, I think the casting of Mickey Rourke is the worst thing about this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I just don't... There are just some actors out there who, who fit into roles. And this is like, it's all personal preference, right? Mm-hmm. Like, these are all biases that exist within our mind as to what actors we feel should be doing what. And Mickey Rourke is not uh, somebody in my mind that should be playing this weird, secluded Russian, like, ex, or, yeah, b- banned Russian, you know, super scientist and becomes with, I don't know. I just, it, it, I just didn't buy it for some reason. Hmm. I just never felt like every time he was on screen, I'm like, hey, it's Mickey Rourke. It's not Whiplash. Yeah, right? that's fair. And that's that's a problem is that when somebody when a character comes on screen and you see that character as just the person they actually are in the real world, mm-hmm. I it just takes me right out of the film and it happens every time. And I, other than that, I love Whiplash as a character. I thought he was great. Yeah, like um, I I think that character works really well. I think the the plot with that character works really well. If they had cut out the whole like palladium poisoning thing and just done the like Whiplash plot, I think this would have been a much more efficient better told movie yeah um, i mean well but then you you would need something yeah for tony right just the, something not quite as big and far-fetched well because like in in the comics in the history of comics um you know they've turned to uh alcohol right yes like he's an alcoholic yes um and they've never touched that in these movies right yeah they, they sort of come close just, to it in the like in, birthday party bit in this one but that's about but it. not but not, but the, you could just easily write that off to a guy who thinks he's about to die yeah right and that's fair i understand why you know at this point i mean not at this point disney but certainly now <laughs> but even marvel at the time was just like you know what let's just stick away from the whole alcoholic thing for sure we have other ways to make him you know do stupid irresponsible things yeah um I, you but you still need that right um so yeah I like he still needs to be acting up and and undermining himself along the way for that storyline to work yeah um but yeah yeah I, I i see what you mean my biggest sticking point with whiplash is that they put him in another iron man suit at the end of the movie yeah he had all the drones and they were fine and they're that made for some great action scenes and he had the cool like he had the cool whip thing going on but as soon as they put him in the suit at the end it was like oh it's another iron man He's fighting yeah. another Ironmonger. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Like we literally just did this. Not two even two years ago. ago yeah. <laughs> Not even two years ago. We just did this, and and I liked the, I, what I did like is, and I think some people would complain about it. The the sort of the fi- I I am a huge fan of that final set piece. The the fight in the biodome. Oh yeah. With with the 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 robots and and the drones and stuff. That is just super legit. I love the spinning laser beam thing. Oh yeah, I I love Rhodey being like, "Don't worry, I got this." When Whiplash gets there and fires off his dumb, you know, ex-wife or whatever the hell yeah. it was called, 
Um, and I love the fact that they don't make a big deal out of Whiplash there either. Like he shows up, he fires the wife or the ex-wife. He gets them in his, you know, his whips, and they're just like, "Hey, remember that thing we did earlier in the movie? Yeah, let's do that again." And it was just over. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I thought that was great. Yeah, I was like, that's... "We don't need to beat around the bush with Whiplash at this point. Like, yeah. you, you two are going to beat him. Just <laughs> beat him quickly." Yeah. Right. So emotional con- catharsis of the scene. They've they've come, you know, they've come back together. They've gotten over their differences. Now they're working together as a team. Of course, they're going to win. They may as well just do it quick. Mm-hmm. They don't have to belabor that fight. So, other things I loved, other things I love in this movie, um, Black Widow completely just dismantling a team of guards while Happy Hogan well, is ha- fighting the one guy. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's honestly, it's possibly like the most memorable scene from the movie. Like, I I remember, you know, earlier I said I was like, oh yeah. You know, Black Widow shows up in this movie, but I remembered that scene. I knew that scene existed in one of these movies, and I've I've kept it in my memory for years. Like I I remember that being like her big entrance into the film, right? Yeah. Because we knew at this point that she was Black Widow. We knew that she was Natasha. We knew that she was a spy, basically there for Fury. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't really seen her in action, and for her to go in there and just completely, as you say, dismantle this entire squad of dudes. While Happy's back at the entrance, just punching get and getting punched over and over again, it was fantastic. Yeah. Loved it. Um, and like Black Widow is kind of like a prototype of Black Widow in this movie. Her character yes. is not very well developed at this point. No, ab- absolutely not. No, um, she's maybe like just um, Scarlett Johansson is playing her a little more timidly than she will in future movies. Like she really gets into the character later on. Um, yeah. And it, it felt more like they hadn't really discovered what the character, like how that character was going to be in the movies more than like she is acting the character this way. Um, so, yeah, I like it, it, it's interesting. But that scene, I, I absolutely agree. That's the like the breakout point where you're like, oh, dang, this is rad. Yeah. Um, the. One of my other favorite scenes in this movie, it's just a visual, like, one-off visual gag in the third act, but it's one of my favorite bits in in this. I don't quite want to say in any Marvel movie, but it is it is one of my favorite gags, is when Tony is flying along being chased by all the drones, mm-hmm. and he flies under the bridge over the parking lot, and Tony goes by, and one car alarm goes off, and then yep. all the 12 drones go by, and every car alarm goes off. Yeah, that um, was really good. It's like a two-second scene, and it makes me laugh every time. That, yeah, no, that 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 scans. It's real good. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Don Cheadle coming in and taking over for uh, for Rhodey here? I, I like him. I like him better yeah. than Terrence Howard. I can't see anybody else. Like, I can't see Terrence Howard in that role in the well, later Well, certainly not movies. at this point. Um not at, not at this point, yeah. Like no. I, I feel like if he had still been that character, uh, Rhodey would have been would have developed differently yeah. in the later oh, absolutely. films. I think he would just would have been a lot more serious. Yeah, he would have like, been a lot I, more serious and wouldn't have had the like the legs cut out from under him all the yeah. time in the same way that that Don Cheadle's version does. And and I foreshadowing using that turn of phrase i guess but uh i i mean that more in the like you know 
and then I threw a tank at him, and everybody just sort of looks at him like, right. am I supposed to be impressed by you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I don't know. I, it's, I think I enjoyed this movie more than it's, – it's, I think it's the exact opposite for me. I think I enjoyed this movie more than I remember – I remember really disliking, not disliking this movie, because as you say, and I agree with you, that even the worst Marvel movie is still 6 out of 10. I still don't feel like I've wasted two hours of my life after I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's funny, because we you were talking about how you felt it, it felt disjointed and kind of scattered. And I remember it, I thought I remember it being far more scattered. Maybe that's why. Mm. I remember it being far more scattered and disjointed than it actually was. Cause, and it still is. I agree with you. Um, there's still definitely some pacing issues and 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 putting things where maybe they shouldn't be. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I like this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. And it's been a while since I'd seen the whole. This is one of those ones that I I don't think I've actually seen front to back for probably you know six seven eight years. Um, it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I, I was maybe more forgiving of it at the time. And then, like, I've just sort of, like, I've watched it two or three times since I saw it in theaters and and just never really sort of sat there and thought about it. It's just been like, oh, it's, a, it's an action movie. It's fine. Yeah. Um. Whereas, like, when I was sitting there watching it last night and trying to actually, like, think about the movie, the, the issues stood out to me more than they have in the past. And so I think that's where my, like, uh, maybe I don't like this as much as I thought I did. I mean, from. I'm curious because we're not going to – we don't get to Iron Man 3 for uh, a few more movies, right? Iron Man 3 is – I think it was 2013. So we've got like five or six movies before we, we get there. So we're yeah. a few weeks away from that discussion. But I'm I'm curious if you put Iron Man 3 ahead of 2. Do I, you like 3 more than 2? I think so. I have to rewatch like, 3 because it's been a yeah, while, but I think it's so. been a while. But you think you like three more than two? I yeah. Think so. Like this is always I've always, and this is a conversation that I've had with a bunch of people, uh, and I know it's an idea that you know I've seen more than just in my head, which is wishing that Iron Man three had been Iron Man two, and wishing that um, uh, Avengers two had been Iron Man three, mm-hmm. and wishing that. Civil War had been Avengers 2 rather than Age of Ultron, right? Right. So shifting all of this basically down a little bit. Um, well, that's that's and- sort of one of the things that I was thinking about watching this too, is that, like I, I mentioned in a previous podcast, that I picture the like the cinematic universe, as it were, as a series of, of acts, like a three-act story, right? Yeah. Um, and the shifting of Iron Man the three Iron Man movies so far forward is that like Tony ends Iron Man three on the sort of on the down note, like the, the whole, you gotta, you know, bring the character low. He feels out of step with the rest of the universe in that regard. Um, Mm -hmm. His story doesn't fit as cleanly into that. And so a lot of his character development within the overarching story has had to happen in the Avengers movies rather than in his own films, um, which is just interesting to me. Um, he's he's such a jerk in this movie, though. 
that's that's one thing we haven't touched on. He's so much more a jerk in this movie than he was in the last one. Oh, um, absolutely. And I, I think that one great. That I think that graded on me a little bit. Um, and I, I guess it, you know, it ties into him being reckless and self-destructive, but it, it goes even beyond that. He's just more like he's just more the bad things about Tony Stark in this movie, which they yeah, I, they I, fix a little bit in three, as I recall. But again, I mean, I think I don't know. I, I think that that's in line with what's going on, right? Like he gets to a point like there there is a, a point in the movie where you see him realize what he's been doing right yes. there's a point where he realizes that he's been just a giant dick to everybody and that the fact that he was dying you know wasn't a good enough excuse but it's an excuse that he that he thought was good enough at the time yeah um you know i don't know i i i think maybe it's i think i, I don't know i felt like that kept in line with what they were trying to do with this character i feel like this movie just also existed too quickly, right? Yeah. Like, this is not something that we've seen happen again in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a with only a movie between uh, a sequel, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's just entirely a, a studio thing. I assume, you know, there were very important people who made very important decisions and realized, oh, shit... Iron Man made a whole hell of a lot of money, and then uh, the Hulk made a pretty good amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's just do Iron Man two now. Yeah, and I'd be curious to know if, given the opportunity, they would have been like, no, like let's get through, like let's do Thor, and then let's do Captain America, and then let's do the Avengers, or maybe at that point let's do Iron Man two because yeah, he is, he is the he is the main character of this universe right right like at the end of the day well at it's this iron point, man at least at this point yeah it's iron man and then very close behind him is i think captain america yeah I, I would argue that that has inverted now where captain america is the main character from phase two on but uh but i agree with you yeah so like i i feel like this movie actually would have just been significantly better had it come after captain america and before the first avengers movie yeah i think so um i i assume that what like the studio calculus that went on there was like they they had these two properties ready to go with iron man and hulk so that was just like all right we're gonna do iron man we're gonna do hulk iron man was successful hulk was modestly successful at that point they spun up production on like they spun up pre-production on captain america and thor yeah because they're like all right we're doing this let's begin developing these films but they probably hadn't put considerable amount of time or effort into either of them to that point um whereas with iron man 2 they were like all right well this made a hojillion dollars so (laughs) yep uh we're gonna do another one of these also it's already cast we can pull the same direct like we we already have the machine ready to go on this let's get a new script and do it while we're doing the pre-production on the next two films yeah um so this was probably just faster off the block so some combination of like well this is an easy you know easy payday plus we can do it a lot faster than waiting out another two years for Captain America and Thor to go through casting and pre-production and viz dev and the whole bit. Right. I'm curious, um, something that we haven't actually uh, 
um, looked at uh, where does this fall on uh, the moneymaker. I'm, I'm curious, MCU uh, box office totals is what I think I'm looking for here. Yeah, previously um, I've always had the Wikipedia article open, but I forgot to do that before I, we started recording today. I have the Wikipedia article open, but I don't have... Okay, so here we go. Um, so the highest grossing... So this one is number 10 on the list mm. right now, um, which is... Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, I'm, I'd be curious to know... Or with it, with inflation, it's a little higher, uh, number eight. Um the problem with with checking these like where is this on Rotten Tomatoes is like literally all of these movies are like eighty percent or more yeah uh, and so many of them are are you know tied with one another that's like eh, it's probably like still in you know the middle somewhere yeah. I would think um, but yeah I don't know I I liked it I I I think it's probably still gonna end fairly low on my my list but if we're talking I mean, let's do it. If we're talking uh, the in the last three movies, this isn't. I know this isn't going to be your number one. You're but right. does this? But does this beat out the Hulk? Is this better than the Incredible Hulk? I think so. I think um, it is. Like, yeah, I, th- I I think it is. But I think it's closer to the Hulk than it is to Iron Man one. I I agree. Um, but I think it is on the, and I'll tell you why I think it is. It just, because this does feel like an MCU movie, which the Hulk still just doesn't. Yeah. Like it just doesn't really feel like it fits in with the rest of these movies. And I think that's honestly, what's going to keep the incredible Hulk at pretty much the bottom of my list for the next 15 weeks. Yeah. I mean, for, for all its, its faults and foibles, uh, (laughs) this movie is more fun than the Hulk was. Um, so yeah, I think it has to win. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody's got to win. Yeah. Also, what's with the, what's with the, the, the Elon Musk cameo? What's going on there? Well, Tony Stark is a rich billionaire futurist and industrialist. So clearly he has to hobnob with other rich billionaire futurist industrialists and Ugh. who else do you think of when you think of billionaire futurist industrialists i mean to be honest in 2010 i wouldn't actually have put as much weight into elon musk as i would now fair enough like sure now that would actually make way more sense um but i'm glad that they don't at least i don't have memory of them doing many of those cameos like it was a little weird it didn't really fit but yeah Whatever. Yeah, uh, I think it works. It didn't. It, it it's over so quickly that it didn't detract horrendously from the film. It's a little distracting, but it's not yeah. a big deal. All right, that's fair. All right. Well, is there any uh, last minute things that we want to say about this one, or are we okay to just move on from Iron Man two and look forward to the I, next one? I, I think we're. I think we're okay to move on. I don't think I've got much more to say. Yeah, that's. I think that's like at the end of the day, I, I, and that's. I just don't have much to say about this one. Like it's, it is an Iron Man movie, uh, but it's not as important as the first one, and it's not as good as the third one, and it just feels like it exists because it, it meant made sense to make a sequel to Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, like I like that they went for a thematic underpinning on this one 
more than they did with the previous ones. Like, the previous ones were sort of standard action origin story and, like, just straight action movie, where this one, you know, as I said, it was about legacy. It was about the legacy of Howard Stark, and it was about the legacy of Anton Vonko, and it was about the legacy of Tony Stark, and who he was leaving his company to, and it was about the the legacy of Justin Hammer and trying to undo the like the legacy of Tony Stark. Like that was yeah. what this. Like, I mean, every plot line in this movie is even, about the things people are leaving behind. Even Nick Fury, right? Like even the, we're talking about you know the future of Shield. Yeah. Right. Like we left the end of Iron Man with him being like, "Hey, we're starting up a team." We left the end of the Incredible Hulk with Tony being the person who goes to the general, being like, hey, we're starting up a team. And now all of a sudden Nick Fury is like, well, maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't be on the team, right? Like yeah. maybe maybe that's not for you anymore, which was a great line. I like that. Um, when he when he picked up that Avengers initiative and he's like, May, maybe I don't want you to see that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know. We're talking about the legacy of the Avengers. We're talking about the future of the Avengers, and and yeah, I I agree. I think that's that pretty much just nails exactly what this movie is about for almost literally everybody in it mm-hmm. is you know is legacy and and the future as well, right? So which makes it actually a pretty well placed in its timeline as well. Where it's that's like, fair. And now we move on to the future of the MCU and and meet some new characters and develop some stories. So if we just one eighty'd and and is this now the perfect movie? No, no, okay. it's not. It it it, it tried. I didn't say it a hundred percent succeeded. <laughs> all right, that's fair. All right, well, I think that's gonna do it. Uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we would love it if you would uh, give us a little rating there on the old iTunes, uh, mm-hmm. so we can get more people interested. Uh, in the series, if you're watching over on the YouTube's, make sure to like and share and subscribe. Yes. I feel gross by saying that. Uh, but yeah, no, let us know what you think. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you're watching it uh, through a couple uh, things that numerous people have asked me over the, the last little while, which I thought I would address really quickly here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, a lot of people would like us to get into the actual plot a little bit more. Um, and it's not... it. I mean, the idea is a rewatch podcast. The assumption of this podcast is that... You have watched the movie with very recently, ideally, so it's fresh in your mind, and then you come and you listen to us babble about it for half an hour, forty minutes, or whatever. Um, so I, I don't think we're ever going to get too much deeper into the plot than what we are currently doing. So I, I hope that is okay, but I don't want to waste too much time. I want to talk about stuff like, um, you know, the the overall idea of the movie. You know, talking about legacy. That's what this movie is about we want to talk about that so um i feel like there was something else that i was going to address but i completely forgot that's okay that's that's very awkward i had like two things that people were kind of talking to me about and i was like i will bring those up in the next podcast should have written them down should have written them down but But, that's fine yeah to that end um i i can speak for myself here i am reading comments on the videos and, oh yeah, no, and absolutely. I'm always watching on Twitter. So if you have comments or feedback or questions or what have you, feel free to ship them to me and James either on YouTube or on Twitter. Yep, uh, I am at James underscore L R R, and Matt is at Matt underscore L R R. Um, 
so yeah you can hit us up there let us know what you think ask us any questions you you would like answers to or at least what our answers would be to uh, and we'll be back in a week to talk about Thor mm-hmm. with with dreamy Chris Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he's so dreamy. He is. Okay. Okay. Very Bye. No, I'm just joking. We're back. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about this one. This post credit scene. We found it. We found the hammer. It's literally. It's actually a pretty uh, pretty. I think there's more driving montage than there is anything else really uh colson gets called away during the movie to new mexico and then that's all we see of him and enchantment the land of enchantment until the very end go ahead uh yeah so i was just gonna say that the callback to the land of enchantment with the license plate like the square view of the license plate yeah new New mexico the land of enchantment great shot very good shot and gets out of his car Looks down at a crater where there's quite a lot of activity, but clearly not shield activity. Mm-hmm. With the red I should mention, truck. like it's it's very like the locals have come out to figure out what this is. Um, uh, he gets on the phone. Yep, he says we found it. Pan down, Thor's hammer, and, and then it cuts to black with a and thunder the- crash. Yeah, and it's just like it couldn't be more in your face about hey, guess what movie's next, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not even remotely subtle it's just no. like yeah the next one's thor in case you didn't know god of thunder yeah uh i'm excited to rewatch that one though uh to be honest don't have super great memories of that either hmm. uh so i'm curious to see what's gonna happen yeah i i i seem to recall thor being on my like i liked it i think i've actually so spoilers for next episode i think thor has grown on me since the first time i saw it in theaters so i'm i'm also looking forward to to watching it again yeah I, it's been a while since i've watched the original thor um i i feel like we're just going to notice a trend where the more recent movies are better than the older movies probably uh with maybe a few exceptions um but yeah i'm excited to uh to check it out so me too. Thank you everybody for uh, listening and we'll see you next week. Have a great night. Bye.